0: is the Toddcast, a podcast that I, a guy named Todd, record while I drive to or from work talking about a variety of things. There are no scripts, no show notes, just me chatting while I commute so you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. hope everyone's feeling fine, doing well. Um, I've been Pretty busy as of late. Um, Work has been moderately crazy um, with uh, lots of big customers with uh, escalations happening over the weekend to keep things interesting. So, uh, you know, that's been fun Um, on a more personal endeavor front. Uh, I finally, uh, well, let's put it this way. Remember, oh, I don't know what seems like forever ago. Uh, my talking about, uh, how my family had provided me with some ancient magnetic media, uh, VHS cassettes and three and a quarter inch floppies uh, or three and a half inch floppies that had pictures and, and, you know, home videos and stuff that I'd, you know, gotten myself some gear and, and was doing some digitizing. Um, yeah, the actual digitization process got finished, um, months and months and months ago and they've been sitting on my hard drive and I've just been trying to figure out, okay, how can I now get these to them? Um, and you know, I'm like, I don't feel like burning DVDs or any of that. I don't have any of that. No one does that anymore. At least I don't do that anymore. Anything I've got either gets whizzed across the internet or put on a thumb drive. Um, and it just kind of fell off my radar until, until recently. Um, you know, what with the, the basement debacle, again, see previous episodes, um, and putting stuff in storage and pulling stuff back out of storage, uh, came across the box of said VHS cassettes and, um, kind of pinged the group and asked, you know, does anybody actually want these back? Uh, or, you know, if I can get you the digital versions, does that work? And everybody's like, you know, no, we're, we're more concerned with the memories than the, the actual media, which is, which is good. Um, and, uh, so those, those made their way into the dumpster and it kind of reimplanted the seed in my brain about, um, so I finally figured that out. And, uh, I guess this, this just goes to show that, you know, you can be, uh, a middle-aged guy working in the tech industry and still just not be super hip <laughs> to what's available. Um, yeah, I just tossed them on YouTube. Um, <laughs> Uh, they uploaded quick as hell. Like it took me like an evening to, to do that. If you know, an unattended evening of just having things upload. Um, so finally got that piece done. Um, and then just put all the, all the pictures on Google, Google photos, and I'm going to share the links with everybody. And I really don't have any good excuses to why that took so damn long. Um, but we're good. We're done. That, that, that piece is now complete and I can, you know, move on with life. Um, I've also taken, as I mentioned previously to, you know, comic book collecting, chiefly focusing on star Wars. Um, and so I've got a subscription service to get, um, you know, the latest star, you know, the new stuff as it comes out. Um, and there are, you know, many different Star Wars titles releasing every month, which is, which is pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, it's good stuff. The art is good. The stories are good. Um, I'm enjoying that. Uh, but that's also gotten me to thinking about, you know, what do I do in terms of, you know, sort of replenishing the back catalog. Uh, cause when I first started collecting comics back in the, uh, early nineties, um, there was the original Marvel series, which had already completely run its course. Like, they they were done producing those. There were, like, 107 issues and three annuals. And they were all out in the world. I just needed to go and find them and, and gather them. Um, which I did for the most part. Um, but then they also... That was also around the time where they started, you know, producing new Star Wars comics. Uh, it was right around the time that the... Uh, the, the Thrawn Trilogy um, by Timothy Zahn uh, came out, uh, which are actual novels, not comic books, for, for those of you not in the know. Uh, but prior to that, uh, you know, there was no Star Wars stuff being created, basically. Um, you know, you, you had the original three movies, um, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, there were a couple of TV specials, but other than that, that was pretty much it for Star Wars. Um, and then the, Z- the Thrawn Trilogy came out, and then they started doing, you know, Dark Horse Comics got the license for the, uh, the comic books. West End Games had the license for the role-playing game, and that was pretty much your only sources of Star Wars stuff. And again, that being the time that I was starting to collect comics, uh, I started to collect all of those, uh, you know, fresh off the, sh- hot off the presses and into my, uh, my collection. Um, you know, that collection stopped being appended to, um, I think when I went to college did not have the funds for that. And then I went to the Navy, you know, I, I had the comics, but I didn't, wasn't buying any new ones. So I was, you know, rapidly getting behind. Um, and then post second divorce, I basically did not have any of those comics either. Uh, kind of went to comic level zero. Uh, until very recently. So I, I was like, you know, those, those were good stuff. And I, you know, am a collector. Um, I, 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 enjoy collecting things, um, you know, specific things, not just things in general. Uh, you know, let's not start sending me random crap. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, but, but finding out what's out there and, and, and acquiring those things and, and I'm something of a completist. Uh, to where I want to get all of the things of a particular type. So I'm like, well, you know, let's 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 see what we can do about, you know, getting these, these Star Wars, you know, sort of back issues and whatnot. Um, and I guess for the modern iteration of the Star Wars comic, I think I just picked up, like, issue 71 here recently. And I believe when I started collecting, it was issue 60-something, 63, 64. I don't know. Um, but there are 60 issues that I'm I'm missing out on, which is, you know, not vital to the plot, uh, the way the comics tend to go, they tend to go in story arcs of, you know, anywhere between, you know, two to six issues. And then the, you know, sort of completes that episode, so to speak. Um, uh, they start up a new one. So you can kind of jump in midway through without it messing you up too bad or being, you know, lost. Not like, you know, tuning into the middle of an episode in the, you know, Middle of season three of Lost, or something, to where you're like, "What the hell is going on?" I have no background on any of this. This is just crazy. Uh, you can you can kind of jump in, uh, but I still wanted to get the other stuff. Um, and luckily, um, there's a thing they do in comics, um, and this—if I've said this already, I apologize—where um, they they collect issues together in what they call a trade paperback, which is kind of like a, a thicker um, version of the comic. Um, so instead of having to seek out and, and buy the individual you know, issues, you can just buy the trade paperback and sort of fill up your back catalog that way, um, which is certainly more convenient and, and in most cases cheaper um, than, than going to get the, the original issues. Uh, so that got me going down a rabbit hole, uh, on the, uh, the internets of finding out, you know, what was available there and, and pretty much all of the Marvel stuff for the most part is available in trade paperback form, uh, which is pretty, pretty groovy. I'm pretty happy about that. Um, I've since acquired a couple of, those, a few of those at the local half price books. Um, I can get, I can order them from the comic book shop if I so choose, um, you know, And, uh, like, okay, well, I know Dark Horse was also putting these things out. Let's see what that looks like. And, oh, my goodness, boy, did they produce some serious Star Wars comics while I was out of action. Um, which seemed like it was going to be an almost impossible task to, you know, get a complete set of all of those on, on first looking. Um, luckily, um, because... The Star Wars license has kind of passed hands from Marvel over to Dark Horse and then back to Marvel. Um, I mean, basically, I'm just assuming that Marvel's like, okay, cool, we have this license, you know, which I guess somehow gives them, you know access and rights to all of the dark horse material from, you know, the, the decade plus, uh, that, uh, that they held the license and they said, Hey, that, you know, we can sell these, let's do that. Um, which sounds greedy and I guess maybe it is, but also they're a business trying to make money and I can't fault them for that. Um, also it means that I now have better, easier access to these materials than going out to, you know, Find the original issues because even if I went out and found all the original Dark Horse issues, Dark Horse is not making any of that money. Uh, that's all going to some comic shop or personal collector or, or what have you. Um, but Marvel has, you know, the 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 Epic Legends collection, um, which is a whole series of trade paperbacks where they com- where they, you know, compile all of the old uh, Dark Horse comics into many, many volumes. I think there's like uh, 12 or 13 or something at this point. Um, to which I immediately purchased the ones that basically com- basically uh, aggregate the old Marvel series. You know, the ones that I used to collect, the ones that I used to have issue at a time, but I'm not interested in finding again that way, um, which is pretty awesome. Um, and then they also have them that aggregate all the dark horse issues, um, into various collections sort of thematically. Um, you know, there's, there, there are a couple for the empire and for the rebellion. There's a bunch, you know, based on the clone war, Knights of the Old Republic, you know, they're kind of done by timeline. Um, which was a fun, project in Google Sheets for me because I'm that kind of dork that likes you know compiling lists and, and cross-comparing things in in spreadsheets uh about Star Wars comics and if there's anything that's more peak um geek dork whatever uh I'm than that sentence I'm not sure what that would be. Uh, <laughs> but basically took a list of all of the available all the Dark Horse comics that were produced and compared that against a... Luckily, these, you know, sort of collected editions list out what issues are in them. Like, what what they're, you know, what what is collected in them on an issue-by-issue issue basis. And I was basically able to, you know, tick things off of the Dark Horse list based off of what was contained in the new Marvel Epic Legends list to kind of figure out, well, how can I get this collection going by buying the least distinct items? Um, you know, if I get this, this collected edition, you know, that, that basically takes, you know, these 40 individual issues off of the list of what I need to acquire, how can we do that? Um, So I've got a fun Google sheet that now tells me, well, buy these, buy these trade paperbacks. And then if you get all of those, all you need left in terms of individual issues are just these, this other sub list, um, which is still a pretty decent sized list. Um, but it's manageable. It's doable. Um, you know, and I'm not looking to acquire all these, you know, tomorrow. Um, it's more of a, you know, eventually, uh, get these, but it's, it's definitely, definitely doable. Um, and then it occurred to me, well, okay, I'm looking at all these, you know, Epic collection things. How much do those run? Like, you know, if those, those are inherently expensive and, or if they've been out for a while and have suddenly, you know, become rare and cost more themselves, you know, maybe it is more cost effective to just try and find the individual, uh, issues. Um, which took me to our friends at, uh, you know, Amazon, which, you know, I got there fearing the worst and finally, I was like, Oh crap. Um, you can get this stuff used from bookstores for like cheaper than the cover price of the original trade paperback. Um, which was pretty exciting for me. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, the new issues that I'm getting, you know, they, they're acquired, they're read, they're immediately put in, you know, the, the, the plastic bags, the backer boards and sealed up and, you know, kept nice. Like anything I've bought new is essentially, you know, in mint condition. Um, cause there's no reason not to, like I'm not looking to abuse (laughs) my comics if I can avoid it. Um, but as far as the back catalog is concerned, I'm not as concerned with those being mint condition. Um, a, because it's my understanding trade paperbacks don't necessarily go up in value the same way standard comics do. Um, secondly, because I am not that kind of collector. Uh, this this isn't like some sort of speculation uh, or investment situation. I'm, I'm getting them for the actual content. And three, because I can just... Like, as long as they're in decent enough condition for me to, you know, read and that they will stick around for a while... I, I know I'm not real concerned. Um, so, you know, I can spend what would probably end up being hundreds of dollars, uh, you know, getting individual issues in spiffy condition and a whole many bunch of hours of, you know, looking through various comic shops, etc. to try and find, you know, the individual issues. Or I can spend, you know, a couple 10, 20 bucks on a couple of, uh, trade paperback editions that give me all of the stories that I want, um, and an easy to acquire form. And that's the route I'm going. Um, so, uh, my, my key thing at this point is keeping the collecting bug at bay, or at least at something that resembles a reasonable pace. Um, as com- as compares to my reading speed, because <laughs> um, as it stands right now, in my comic box, I have at least two of the Epic Legends collection. And 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 to give you an, an idea of size, um, even if you're not a comic book person, I think you probably know about the size of a comic book, you know, width and height wise. Um, trade paperbacks are, are that, are that same, you know, height and width. They're, they're just thicker, um, because they collect, you know, multiple issues into a, into a single book. So I've got two of those right now in my box unread that are, I'm going to say some about a half inch thick at minimum. Um, normal trade paperbacks are probably more like around a quarter inch ish. Um, the, the, the collected editions, cause they have more in them are probably more, more around half inch or thicker. Um, but I'd say I've, I've probably, if, if we're, we're lining up the comics and measuring, you know, how many I have, you know, linearly, um, you know, stack up comic books and, and start with issue one and measure towards, you know, the issue of whatever it is you still haven't read yet kind of a thing. I've probably got about two and a half, three inches worth of, of, of reading to catch up on as it stands. Um, and I've got, I want to say five or six more of the big boys coming from Amazon sometime this, this, this weekend. Um, and every time I go to Half Price Books, I scan to see if there's something there that I, you know, have not gotten yet that I need. Um, just because collecting at this level is is sort of a, a thing where attacks of opportunity uh, play a role. Like, if you're at a place and you see a thing and you, you know, are able to get it, you can, you should because the next time you go there it may not be available or you may not be back to that place again. Uh, I've already sort of kicked myself in the butt for this one because we were at a half price and they had like three or four of the, the the Marvel ones. I'm like, "Ooh, I should I should make that happen." um and didn't and the next time I went back sure enough they're gone. Um so but with the advent of the internet and being able to hop on Amazon and just start loading up on these things, uh, I need to, I just need to exert some self-control there because uh, there's there's almost a level of anxiety that's introduced by having so much in, you know, sort of the backlog. Um, it's, it's a ridiculous, you know, type of um, anxiety because there's, you know, zero negative outcome uh, you know, if I'm not caught up, um, but I don't know, there's just something inside me. It's like, man, I, I got a lot of reading to do shit, which is not the attitude we should have like their, their, you know, their, their books, their entertainment, their enjoyment. That's, you know, should be something that's, that's fun and to look forward to not, you know, dread or feel like I have to, you know, grind through. And that's not really how I feel like I do enjoy it. Uh, it's just weird that looking at the, you know, in my comic box of, oh, these are the ones that I have yet to do. It's, it's like, oh boy, that's a lot. Um, and I don't want to feed too much into that because I mean, what I've got now is about to like triple or quadruple come this weekend. Um, and I'm just looking to not have that be, you know, sort of a major, major situation. Um, or, you know, extra stress point or anxiety inducer or whatever you want to call it. Anywho, um, what was intended to be just a quick aside at the start of the show has turned into a 21 minute, um, piece of rambling, um, about the comic collection. So hopefully you enjoy comics and or Star Wars and that wasn't completely boring and awful for you. Um, again, if you're, you're listening to me, I got to figure you got to expect this kind of crap from me. Um, you know, these are the things that I talk about. And I enjoy talking about them and I enjoy you being around to listen to me talk about them. Um, but as I'm now about halfway to work and it doesn't make a lot of sense to just switch into something, uh, it doesn't make sense to get started on the topic I was originally going to start with. We'll, we'll put that in the pocket for a later time. Um, but still have time to, to talk about stuff. Um, Moderately on topic, on in terms of what's Todd been up to lately. Um, in that, I have not been playing. Well, I have been playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, we've got a game that meets basically every other Monday, um, unless people can't make it, etc. You know, we're, we're adults; we have lives. You know, that sometimes impede things. But in a, in a perfect world, every other Monday we get together. Um, it's good times. Uh, it's with my, uh, my old friend, Jeff, who, you know, is one of the people that I originally played D&D with back in high school. So that's pretty rad. Um, it's good. It's fifth edition. Um, we're playing through the, um, the adventure path, um, whose specific name I can't remember, but it's the one with all the giants. Um, you know, I kind of came in mid- mid campaign on that one and started off and we were fighting frost giants, uh, which was nice. And then we were intended to fight fire giants, but due to, um, amazing feats of player cleverness and, um, sort of abusing certain aspects of the druidic magic system. Um, rather than go into their, you know, mountain fortress, uh, we instead diverted a river into the top of said fortress and flooded them all out, uh, which was again, pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> Jeff did not see that coming. Um, and it was, it was pretty, it was an excellent, uh, example of, of applied problem solving, uh, through, through magical means in, in Dungeons and Dragons, it's good stuff. Um, yeah, so you know we're we're, we're enjoying that. Uh, my current character is a a half orc uh, individual who is we're tenth we're level. Um, he is a tenth. He is a fifth level. He's multiclassed. He's fifth level rogue, fifth level paladin, and in fifth edition, once you hit third level in any given class, you get to pick sort of a specialization. So he is a fifth, or a fifth level rogue slash assassin and fifth level paladin slash um, with the oath of justice. And for those of you familiar with previous iterations of D&D, um, paladins were the goody goodies. Um they were the ones who had to be, you know, lawful good and were the champions of, of all things righteous, etc. Uh so comboing that up with an assassin seems an odd choice. Um Fifth the flexibility of fifth edition lets you actually not have all of your paladins be, you know, lily white pains in everyone's asses. Um you can fight for goodness and not necessarily be a jerk to everybody about it. Um particularly the, the paladins, uh, who, who swear the oath of justice. Um, I mean, they still, they still work for good. Um, but they're, they're more about making sure justice is being served and they're not afraid to get their hands dirty to do that. Um, which appealed to me. Um, and, you know, basically, uh, his name is Kariakin, and Kariakin's, you know, backstory is, you know, being a half-orc, um, you know, half, his, you know, his mother was human, his father was orc, or vice versa, I can't remember, I thought of my head, um, but in most game worlds, half-orcs do not do well socially, um, the orcs tend to look at them as, as weaklings, uh, because they're not, uh, because of their, their human heritage, um, and, humans tend to be, you know, asshole jerk people who, you know, orcs for the most part in most D&D campaigns are the monsters. Um, they're not treated the same as other people, which is probably not right. But if you're a half orc living in a human society, that, that tends to not go too well for you, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, he had a rough childhood Uh, he kind of grew up in the streets in an orphanage, uh, run by, uh, priests of Tyr, who was the, the, the god of justice in that world, uh, which is where he sort of got some of those seeds sown. Uh, in his teen years, he kind of fell in with the wrong crowd and started hanging out with folks in the Thieves' Guild, um, acting as sort of a, you know, enforcer, bodyguard type dude, because he's, you know, a pretty, pretty strong fella, um which is where the rogue end comes in. And then at one point the city government um, basically was doing a, we're going to clean up these streets if well, no matter what the, the circumstances and performed an, an overly zealous raid on the thieves guild, which uh, resulted in a lot of collateral damage to the community, like the, the women and children around the area where the thieves guild was, uh, uh was situated local government kind of did a, a sort of carpet bombing search and destroy type mission to get rid of the Thieves Guild, which um struck Karaikin as just absolutely not the right way to go about doing things and was not uh was not very just in that there were a lot of innocents taken out. And so, you know, that's that's the point where he, you know, took his vow of justice to, you know, stand up for the little folks and make sure they were, you know, getting their fair shake. Um all the while working with the, the thieves guild and, and being trained as an assassin, uh, to help him further that goal. So that's a weird dichotomy, um, that I found enjoyable and thought would be, be interesting. Um, you know, of course upon showing up, you know, I built this character, um, you know, put them all together, did all the stats, you know, came up with the backstory, etc. Of course, when I showed up the first day to play with the fellas, they're like, Oh, you made Batman. And that really hadn't occurred to me previously. Um, but in retrospect, it's like, yeah, you guys suck, but you're not wrong. This is kind of a Batman kind of a dude. Um, but it's fine. I enjoy playing him and it's good times. Um, and you can do some really disgusting, um, combos in combat as a paladin slash, uh, assassin, which, um, you know, perhaps now is not necessarily the time and place to get into all of that super extra next level, um, geekiness. Um, you know, if you're interested, let me know and we can, we can dive into that. Um, but all that to say, I've been playing D and D, uh, you know, got back into the game, which is good. Um, I've been listening to, I've been listening to a podcast called the dungeon cast, uh, which if you're into D and highly recommend, uh, you check it out again. That's the dungeon cast. Uh, it's a couple of fellas who basically talk about D&D. Uh, you know, as you'd expect. Uh, it's cool in that every episode has a specific theme. They, they, they kind of take a look at a specific aspect of the game. Um, you know, they have episodes on, you know, here's a breakdown of this particular, you know, character race. Like, here's a whole episode about elves. Here's a whole episode about dwarves. Here's a whole episode about, uh, you know, tieflings. You know, what have you. Um, they do the same sort of treatment for, you know, let's take an episode and talk about, you know, the fighter. Let's talk about, you know, the ranger, the paladin, the the cleric. Um, They get into, you know, episodes all about, you know, specific monster types. Like, it's very, it's it's good stuff. Um, And it's nice if you're kind of newish to D&D, it'd be a good sort of primer of, hey, here's some things you're likely to encounter. Um, Or frankly, even if you're not necessarily interested in playing D&D, and, but just interested in what it is, it'd be it'd be a good listen. They, they kind of break it down. Um, as a person who's played every edition that's ever been put out, I still find it enjoyable uh, because they they don't just talk about the numbers and, and you know the, the the stats and the uh, the game rules. They they often you know sort of break into the lore and the backstory of a lot of the things in the game, which is which is pretty interesting. Um, Yeah, just a couple guys talking about D&D. It's it's super enjoyable. I I highly encourage anyone who also might be interested to check that out. That's the Dungeon Cast. Um, It's kind of inspired me to want to do more D&D things. Um, I've not acted on that, and God knows if slash when I will. Uh, Like I said, I'm I'm currently running as a player in someone's campaign, um, and I just do not have time to start running my own sessions Uh, in addition to that. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's something I enjoy. I, i keeps it on my mind. Keeps things fresh. Um, so we play D&D every other Monday. On the alternate Mondays, uh, I've been playing Imperial Assault, uh, with a gang at work. And I believe I may have mentioned Imperial Assault previously. If, uh, if I haven't, and, or if you just haven't heard that episode, uh, Imperial Assault, is a miniatures game, um, it's not really a board game, but it's not really like a war game either, it's kind of a miniatures board game, I guess, um, set in the Star Wars universe, um, where, you know, you've got sort of cardboard map tiles that, that fit together like puzzle pieces, uh, that, that sort of, you build scenarios there, um, the, the players all have, you know, one of a variety of, of rebel heroes that they're playing. Um, and then, you know, one person is playing the Imperials, which that would be me. It's my game. I'm kind of the, I don't really call it the game master, but that's essentially what you're doing. You're running all the Imperials. You're, you know, putting together the scenarios and so forth. Um, and that's super fun. Um, it is also sort of a campaign style situation where, you know, you run the scenario, like every, every game the players are playing with the same hero and over time those heroes you know gather gear and experience uh points that they you know use to get you know better abilities like they, they improve over time um and you know there is something of a narrative to you know the, the it's not just oh you guys all show up on a random field and need to shoot these stormtroopers you know they're they're there are story elements to it um, within each uh, scenario, you know, there are objectives, you know, you guys need to, you know, go destroy these four computer terminals uh, to win, or you need to, you know, free this prisoner, or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, even like each each scenario has, you know, a story element to it, but then even taken together, all of them form a larger story arc. Um, and it's cool because, you know, the scenario you're playing today, you know, if you win, you get experience points and some money and, and stuff, and that's great. Uh, if you if you lose, uh, you get some of that stuff, but not as much, but the Imperials get some, you know, advantages. And depending on who wins or loses sort of determines what the next scenario is. Um, so you can, like, play this the campaign through a couple different times depending on, you know, what you win or lose each time. It's a different experience, which I think is kind of cool. Um, so we've been really enjoying that. Um, the, the miniatures on that are also pretty freaking sweet. Um, I have not been back on my mini painting grind lately. Um, what with the disruption of the basement workspace and just being into other things. Um, but I'm kind of dying to eventually get some paint on those guys because the, the, the miniatures that come with that, with those, those sets are, are really fantastic um, and really deserve to be painted up um, and look nice. Um, I got the core set for super cheap. I then went out and bought, uh, I think the next four expansions for it. Um, cause it's nice. Cause the, when you get the expansions, you don't, they're not necessarily standalone items. You can start to use those pieces, uh, sort of even in your current campaign, which is kind of nice. It kind of expands the options, uh, both for the players in terms of what heroes they have available. Um, and for me as the Imperials in terms of what, you know, enemies I'm able to use in the scenarios. So that's been pretty awesome. Um, see a lot of star Wars and D and D as of late, um, which again, really probably shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, really, um, who knows me or has listened to this at any level. Um, good stuff. I'm getting close to work, so we're going to get to wrapping this up. But, uh, Tool had a new album release recently, which if you're a fan of Tool, you need to go get that immediately because it is epic and awesome. Um, what else is new? Um, Yeah, I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, no, I yeah 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 I think that might be it. I think I'm done. I think I should shut up now and uh, go ahead and let you folks uh, carry on with your day um, or evening or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. Um, it's a weird thing about the podcast. I continually forget that you're not necessarily listening to this at the same time of day that I'm recording it. So um, have a pleasant evening maybe, I don't know. We'll, 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 see what you got going on. Just whatever time it is. I hope it's a good time for you. And I hope that the, you know, near and long-term futures are also to your benefit. Um, thanks for joining. Uh, it was a little, little unfocused and, and rambling, but I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, if there's other stuff you want to hear about, let me know. Um, if you're enjoying this or any of this or so even some of this, um, and you know someone else who might, um, please pass the word. Um, you know, I don't so much advertise the Toddcast. Um, you know, I'm not quite the social media person to do a lot of self-promotion. Um, you know, so I kind of need you folks to, to spread the word if you're so inclined, um, to let other people know that this is out there so they can check it out so they can enjoy it. Um, so if you do me that solid, um, you know, let folks know if you, you happen to be on, uh, the Apple podcast platform. Um, I sure would appreciate, you know, a, a star rating of some sort, uh, a review if you're feeling particularly ambitious. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, but yeah, spreading the word would be a, a beautiful thing. Um, but even if you don't, I appreciate your listening. And um, until next time, I, I hope you have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas that you'd like me to chat about, you can let me know via Twitter at todd or email via toddcastpodcast at gmail.com. Keep in mind that the Todd portions of those usernames are T-O-D, with a single D, even though I spell my actual name with two. If you'd like to leave me a voice message that I can air on the podcast, you can either email me a small audio file, or you can use the link in the show notes to leave a message via Anchor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts is appreciated. Again, thank you for listening to the Toddcast.